Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. I'm joined by Archie Messersmith Bunting, and he's known as the Feelings Guy. He's also a speaker, a consultant, and coach. So, hello to Archie. Hello. Hello there. Lovely <laughs> to have you on the show. What's about the tea? <laughs> My accent is horrible. Sorry. That was That's terrible. Horrible. That was horrible. <laughs> but I would love a tea if you're offering. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it right over airmail. Yes, yes. Bless you. Now, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, so I'll let you begin. Archie, please do share your story of positive change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's jump to the end and go backwards. How, how shall, shall we? I love um, that. So life was so painful that I put needles in my arms, and today I don't. So that's the that's the end. <laughs> now let's go backwards. Uh, so, yeah, I... Um, I was a little kid from Alabama who got his dream. Um, I moved to New York City to be a performer and I did it. And um, and then what I, I guess I didn't realize was that no matter how happy I was doing this performing thing, there was all this like pain and unresolved um, like internalized homophobia. Oh, I'm gay, by the way, I'm a gay. Um, so like all the stuff inside that I wasn't dealing with and the first time that I tried drugs, it made it all go away. And so then, then I just kept finding more drugs and stronger drugs to like really numb the pain. And uh, so probably within like a, I really think it was like a year and a half, like within a year and a half time period, I had gone from like, you know, doing drugs in the club with the disco, you know, having a good time to like being in my apartment, um, you know, shooting up three or four times a day with aluminum foil in the windows. Um, and it was bad, uh, bad, bad. And um, I ended up overdosing and I woke up in ICU with a tube down my throat. And uh, they were telling me that the reason my chest hurt so bad was because I had died the night before. And um, I mean, you know, when you get to that point, um, you really only have one or two options. I mean, honestly, you can either fight like hell and get better, or you can continue to use and actually die and like actually die this time. And so I, I fought like hell. Um, I took me, I went to two rehabs, um, a lot of, a couple of psych ward visits, um, a lot of, a lot of therapy to kind of get to this place today. And it's still an ongoing, you know, uh, uh, journey. Um, I, no one ever gets it. Um, but for today, it doesn't hurt so bad that I pull out the needles. I have other ways to, to manage um, the emotions and the sadness and anything else that comes today. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my positive change. Bless you. I love the fact you say it's ongoing. Do you know what I mean? I don't, well, I do like it. People say like, I've done this Shelley and you know, I lived happily ever after and here's my like glass no. slipper. But no. I love the fact you sort of like, like myself, work in progress. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I mean, even even now. So you know, I've I mean, so you know, as you as you mentioned, I'm a I'm a professional speaker. I mental health expert. I focus on um, uh, depression, self care, suicide prevention. So like, this is my work. This is what I do. Uh, but I started working with a coach recently because I realized that I was just kind of in my own head and I wasn't really getting you know 
Like, how am I going to, you know, whatever. And he said something, uh, we were talking the other day and he said, you know, I'm just going to tell you something like words really matter. And you speak in the negative a lot. And I just started laughing because when I, when I do my presentation, I say, you know what? Words really matter. Like if you're sad, you should say you're sad, not you're depressed because you're sad. And he was like, why are you laughing? And I was like, because I literally teach this every day, but like, I, I didn't hear it in myself. And so I've actually started realizing how much I say things like I'm so overwhelmed or I'm drowning or I don't have enough time or I mean, I do have I do have time. I'm just choosing to put this time somewhere else and I'm not drowning. I, I just need to like manage and I hadn't realized how much I was putting out there. And so and, you know, I, I, I haven't used drugs in like a hot minute. So just just because you stop doing the thing doesn't mean that like poof like now i'm gonna marry the prince and everything's gonna be fine like that's that's not how it works that's a shame isn't it <laughs> you know it really <laughs> is a shame if my husband watches this honey i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> you're so the prince happily ever after happily ever after, fine, fine. <laughs> yeah. bless you so you're in new york city living the dream mm -hmm. which i think is really honest because we think we've got a dream and then when we get what we want it's not really that Disney thing and I love Disney Archie and it's oh, not always it. quite yeah so you're there and it was the trigger just because you knew you were gay but you weren't open about it or was there an event that somebody was really closed mind about it sure yeah all um, the above <laughs> all the above yeah, yeah 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 there's this um there's this line in Wicked the musical Wicked that uh Galinda Kristen Chenna was saying she says happy is what happens when your dreams come true and and I always thought that was great that like, happy is what happens when your dreams come true. Well, isn't it? And you're like, well, I'm not sure. And I think that's a great, it's such an unrepresented moment, I think, in the show that it's just like, she got the prince. She was, she was the queen, but yet she wasn't happy. And so I, I really think that that moment, like we, we can accumulate all this stuff. We can make it like I made it, but I wasn't happy because I wasn't happy inside. Now, it, you know, on the days that I wasn't using, you wouldn't know that because I, you know, this happy, cheery face, but inside I was miserable. And it, it is because of, you know, I grew up in the South, in the deep South, in the, um, you know, late eighties, early nineties. Um, it definitely wasn't okay to be gay. Um, it definitely wasn't okay to be this kid that wanted to sing and dance. So I had all of this repressed, like, you know, cause I, if you, if you hear it from everybody else, you take it in. And, and I didn't have anybody, anybody saying anything positive about gay people, about the lifestyle I was choosing. So, you know, all this stuff is just inside. And, um, and I think that that, what that manifested itself is me not being secure in myself. So when you do drugs, all the insecurity goes away and you become like this other version of yourself that is really happy. But then when you stop doing the drugs and you crash, it's even worse than it was to begin with. So I was just in like this hamster wheel that I couldn't get out of. Yeah, and I get that even if people aren't doing the drugs or maybe drug in another form, like, I don't know, yeah. sleeping around yep. or alcohol, yep. things like that. But I think we do that, we look, you know, outside of ourselves, like the external things are gonna make me happy. Like when I get that bigger house, that better job, that amount yeah. in my bank account. And then if yeah. you do get it, you're like, well, now I just want, I still want a bigger house, a What's better next? job, more money. There's no stopping, is there? That we're always searching for something outside of ourselves. So I totally get that 
you know, the search goes on, the vices go on and things like that. Yeah. The quick fix is, is literally like the words are true. It is a quick fix that quickly goes away. Like it's just, it's just temporary. So all these things, whether it's shopping or, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is, we all, we all have these things. Um, and I think that, you know, they can be helpful, you know, sometimes like, so today, sometimes I order things from Amazon and maybe I shouldn't do that. Um, but you know, every now and then, and my, it'll come and be like, my husband would be like, what'd you buy? And I was like, oh, it's going to be so helpful though. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's really not. Um, but you know, that is better than the, the alternative, you know? So I think that there's, you know, we have to, we have to weigh this out, but I think it is helpful for anyone listening to know that if, if you're doing anything, and I say this to students all the time when I when I when I speak to high school students, if you find yourself doing anything that you realize is numbing the pain inside, and you know we're all smart, we know this is happening. Talk to someone before it becomes a problem. Whatever it is, whether it's sports or working out or running or like you know whatever the thing is, if it if that is numbing pain, you need to talk about the pain. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't always have the awareness though, do we? Like even you say, like you talk about, you know, all the awareness and the mindset and then someone, your coach pulls you up and you say, and actually, you know, you're not practicing what you preach as such. So it's hard to have that awareness, isn't it? I mean, it, it is. Yes, you're exactly right. But usually, <laughs> no, but, but usually there is a moment, there's a time where just like I had that, uh-huh, something will happen. And like, here's, here's the way that feelings work. And so when I, when I work with people, I say, listen, I'm going to be talking about feelings. So me talking about feelings is going to make your feelings come up. This is factual. This is scientific. I can't do anything about it. So if they're sitting and they're actually listening to me and I'm talking about all these feelings they push down, their brain starts thinking about the feelings they push down. So that's their moment. And so then I, I pause and say, this is your moment. We just talked about it. So that thing you're thinking about right now, you need to talk to somebody because your, your body's telling you it's time to talk. So you're right. It is, it is easy to, to not take our own advice, but I, I believe that, um, that when we're ready, God, the universe, whatever, whatever the thing that you believe, energy, whatever, will show you. And then it's up to you to take the step though. I like that. <laughs> I was just thinking like as you're saying it and the first thing that came to mind is like when people are pushing it down my first thing was like I work a lot with grief so I think people would push grief down because you meant to you know, be strong don't cry get over it time frames things like that so what are the main pain points you see what are the things that most people repress in life yeah so grief is absolutely one of them and especially right now like we've all experienced grief at the macro level this is factual this is not my opinion and but the thing is that we're all trying to be busy to keep going. And I think that most of us feel that if we just keep taking a step, then we'll just keep the virus at bay. Okay, well, that's not how science works. So take a moment to like, like feel what you feel. I tell people all the time, you can't help feeling how you feel, but what you can help is what you choose to do with those feelings. If you choose to sit in it, that is your choice. And so if you're going to wallow in your feelings, just own it and say, you know what? I'm wallowing today. Don't come at me. I'm wallowing today. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Own it. Don't be like, I can't do anything about it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So we, we repress grief. We repress rejection. We repress fear. And we also repress the, the, the desire for success. Because for most of us, it actually isn't the, feel of, the fear of failure. It's the fear of getting what we want. Like if you want this big thing, 
And then if you get it, you're like, well, holy crap. Now they're gonna know that I'm an imposter. Now they're gonna know I can't do this. Like it's actually easier to, in my opinion, but I think this is also well proven. It's also, it's actually easier not to get the promotion, not to get the job, not to get the, the, the big vice president in the company than to get it because then your imposter syndrome kicks in. So we repress the, the, the desire to succeed and, and yet we don't own that. We're like, I'm just so, I'm, af I'm afraid of failure. Are you really, really afraid of failure? Are you afraid of succeeding? So I, I think those are some things we suppress. That's great. Mine's with the, is it Marianne Williamson quote where she says that we're not, you know, our deepest fear isn't that we're gonna be successful, isn't it? It's something like that. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah, is yeah. that you just think, I think you just get stuck. I'm very passionate about choices. And I go on it quite a lot. My first chapter, my first book, Positive Changes, a self-kick book, hence podcast. Um, <laughs> it's called Good Choices. And I just have this real thing that if you're going to sit there, make a negative choice or a positive choice, it's up to you. It's going to take the same amount of time, but the outcome is so different. And I love what you said. Like, So you're, you're making these choices. If you want to choose to wallow, that's fine. But it's that owning it because at the end of the day you're owning your life aren't you I so you want to sit on. there and box set it for a week or you know a year because you know it all rolls into one before you know it that's fine but is that ownership the awareness around it isn't it yeah and i and i actually think that in doing that you reclaim some of the power so i believe that feelings aren't facts i believe that but i believe that feelings do have power and so the way that we can reclaim some of the power, and, and sometimes I'll say this to my husband, I'm like, not today. This is just not today. Just not, I just need this moment. I'm gonna get back on the horse tomorrow, but like, I just can't today. And, but I've owned that. And then I also, then I, then, then I go by myself and I'm like, okay, Archie, what's going on? Like, why, why are you being like this? You know, and then, and then you can work through it. I think that, but, but let's, let's, let's flip that. Let's do what, and I'm gonna get stereotypical. Let's do what most males would do. You just push it down and just move on, push it down and move on, push it down and move on. Okay. So here's what I believe happened in March, you know, March, April, May, whenever the, you know, the craziness hit as humans, we know, um, our, our, um, the level that we just can't take anymore. We know, we know. So we, we, we got a good, we got a good grasp on keeping these feelings down, whatever it is, Archie can keep them down. Well, I'm doing this. And then all these feelings are coming out of nowhere. Feelings that I, I could have never planned for. And now we've reached saturation level. I can't, I can't keep all this in. And so in my opinion, this is where all these Karens came from. That these, these Karens, bless people named Karen, these Karens, you know, they, they, they could keep this down, but they can't do all of this. And so they're out in public and someone says something and those feelings that have reached saturation level, they got to go somewhere. So then they, they have this power because we have made a choice not to deal with them. But they're all going to come up at some point, aren't they? That's yeah, what I was going to say. Are. I talk about grief and yeah. that and people say suppress your feelings because, you know, there's practical elements, isn't there? We're trying to work, go to work and like deal with children and things like that. So there's a yeah. practical level, but we kind of push things down to a later date. But it's a sticky plast and sometimes it just festers and it just blows some point in the future. Which yeah. is, I suppose, like, is that what happened with you? Is pushing it down about your sexuality and things like that and your life choices? Yeah. And then... I mean, I, I, yeah, I wasn't dealing with any of that. And I was just using a Band-Aid. And like, we, my Band-Aid happened to be, you know, IV drugs. You, you all have our Band-Aids. Mine was just rather deadly. 
Um, and so, and then, and then the bandaid worked until it didn't, you know, and then, and then like, I got to figure something else out. So yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Things are kind of, kind of come up regardless. Um, and I think it's, you know, for those of us in relationships, uh, you know, we also have to figure out what our, how our partner deals with things. I'm, a, I'm an excellent compartmentalizer. I mean, I can compartmentalize <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. And my husband, Bill is like, are we ever gonna talk about that? I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm gonna get back to you. <laughs> I'm gonna get right back to you. So, I mean, I, you know, I think, I think the people in our lives, we also have to figure out like how they show up. And sometimes I have to be like, okay, let's just talk. I'm not going to compartmentalize this. Let's go. Um, but a compartmentalizing, I believe, is an attempt to block intimacy. Um, because intimacy is literally like showing up with your warts and all so that you and I can have this transparent, honest conversation. When I decide to compartmentalize, I'm blocking intimacy. And I believe that intimacy is how we really actually build connections. Um, and so it's important to not do that. Are you listening, Archie? Okay, just checking. Okay. <laughs> so is that almost like you have to become vulnerable? Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Vulnerability is the key. And uh, and I, so I talk about this a lot. Um, so I'm kind of on this mission to change the way that we interact with each other uh, because it's just, it's, it's hogwash. I mean, the way that we were like, hello, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Good nothing happened that is verbal diarrhea but but more than that we have society has taught us to lie we lie about 30 times a day because you know back before pre-mask you know and I've, I've been across the across the pond a lot people still talk to each other people pass each other on the street you know in the market like hello hello like we you know um but when we say like how are you doing today and you say fine or like good or like whatever that's not actually a feeling it's not a feeling so we are, we are literally blocking intimacy all day long, like over and over and over and over. And, and that's like, that's like a superficial relationship, right? So there's nothing, I understand it. You're like, I'm at the pub, like whatever, whatever, whatever. The problem is that when we do step into our intimate relationships, so our, our relationships at home with the people we work with, whatever, and someone does something, there's a behavioral action. So, you know, Bill, once again, I don't know what it is about men and not putting things in the dishwasher. I don't get it. But like, they just like the dishes just sit in the sink and I'm like festering. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Cause that's my practice skill. Like I, I, I have practiced that. So I believe that we can practice vulnerability and we can practice actually talking about our feelings if we do it all the time. So the question I invite people to say is, how are you feeling today? If I say, Shelly, how are you feeling today? Then you know that I actually care. And you'd be like, oh, um, well, I'm, I'm tired. And I'm, you're like, whatever the thing is, you know, as opposed to like, I'm fine. That, that doesn't mean anything. So I hope that, you know, the people that I am blessed to either listen to me speak or, you know, however that is in person, in podcast, whatever, that they will consider that and they will consider changing the way they interact on the daily. Yeah, I love that. And I encourage it in my next book, Good Grief, about how we talk to people in grief, particularly because their emotions are like up and down, up and down. You don't know if you change from minute to minute, hour to hour. Yeah. And people say, how are you? If they're not ignoring you totally because they don't know what to do because you're grieving, you know. <laughs> but when they say, how are you? you? You know, they don't really want an answer because they think, oh my God, no. she is going to sob like God knows yeah. what. Yeah. And so when you say, how are you? It's kind of flat. It's better than saying nothing, I guess. But what you should say is really like, how are you feeling, you know, this morning? 
because yeah. it is an awareness you're really present in that moment aren't you and then you could say actually it's really crap today i don't know how i got out of bed shelly but thank you for asking and yeah. it is not much even a how are you but i think if you put how are you today or this morning sure it, it does become i don't know there's a greater sense of connectedness yep 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 and and i think and i think if we're being really honest the reason that we're like how are you today you're like hey what's up is because we don't really want to stop and listen that's that's the root we've all become so busy like well i got somewhere to be i got places to be like i got but but i'm gonna fake this politeness i'm gonna fake this care about you by saying hey how are you doing today and, and when i say how are you feeling if the other person actually stops and opens up then I've got to show up and be present. I've got to be vulnerable and listen to this human being share with me. And, and so some of the onus is on us to realize that like we have to slow down and actually care and listen. Yeah, I mean, we're talking, we're talking about grief. I think people don't know how to show up. And, um, you know, I think, I think one of the, the bravest things that, you know, if, you know, Shelly, how are you feeling? And you're like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And so I'll say, well, I just want you to know that I'm here. I'm here. And that's it. Like people don't need your opinion. They don't, they don't need your advice. They just need you to be there, just be there in the space with them and just let them be. That's what they need. Yeah. And I love that. Cause when you were saying about feelings, I was thinking some people probably aren't used to being asked. No. In fact, I think probably most of the world are most not, people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're not yeah. used to being asked, how are you feeling? Like even when you used to do the drug rounds, but, you know, the actual clinical ones on the yeah, wards. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> when I used to go around doing the drug rounds, you'd say to me, how are you today? And you think, don't tell me, because seriously, I've got like another 30 patients to get to, do you know what I mean? So it was yeah. kind of like, it's a, I'm asking you, but please don't answer kind please of thing, answer. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But it's also, as you say, when you say, how are you feeling? I'm thinking that a lot of people probably don't know because they haven't been asked because we're not asking the right questions. <laughs> yeah, we're all just existing as such, but not at a great level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're 100% right. We are just existing, and it is the wrong question. And this really became super apparent to me in March. When people are like, how are you doing? And I'm like, what kind of question is that? Like, how am I, <laughs> what? Like, how are you today? I'm terrified. Like, what? Why? Why are we asking this ridiculous question? Like, it became so clear, uh, and yeah. So then I'm on this mission, um, and I. What I really love doing is when you call into, you know, the credit card company or the mortgage company or you know whatever. You know, the people that their job is to sit on the phone and like they're just sitting there all day long reading a script. And they're like, "Hello, Mr. Mr. Bunting, um, can you confirm your address, please?" And I'm like, "I will, but first, how are you feeling today?" And they're just like, "What?" <laughs> like how how are you feeling? And they're like, uh, okay, can I have your address? But I mean, you know, they're trying to keep going, but but you can hear in their voice the surprise and the shock that someone actually cared, and and although it makes me happy when they do that, it also makes me sad because I know that the next forty people they're going to call in, it to them it's not a human being. We become so transactional. Like, what can I get from you? What do you need? Can we just go back to being people and just caring about each other just because, just because I don't even know you, but like, just because I'm going to care about you. Yeah. I think it's sad as well. Cause as you were saying, I was thinking like people might get to like the forties and fifties and they may never have been asked, how are you feeling today? That's absolutely factual. 
Yeah, because it's and, and what's really I, I still haven't figured it out because I, I did go in and check my my son's feeling chart. So he got my our son is two or two and a half now. So he goes to pre-K and I went in and looked and fine is nowhere on the feeling chart. It's not there. It's not a feeling. So he's not being taught fine in school. We're teaching him fine. And, and that is sad to me. Like in his in his state right now, he doesn't even know what fine means. Like he he knows when Papa's sad. He knows when Papa's excited. He knows like he, you know, he's seen me cry and he knows to come over and hug me. But somewhere along the way, we begin a society to teach that like, that's not what you do. You push down your feelings and you just keep moving. Well, to that, I say bull crap. That's what I say. And and that is not how things will be in our house. And I love that because it, you know, you need to have feelings so you feel alive. And that's what I think I said earlier about existing. And if you're not really feeling yourself or asking about other people's feelings, it's not the full experience, really, is it? No. No. And, and that, that is why that's a great segue. That is how I became known as the feelings guy. Yeah. Good job. Uh, that's how I became known as the feelings guy, because I, I, everything I do now, um, regardless of what I'm talking about, even if I'm doing like a, a, a seminar on leadership, um, it's, um, it's still tied back to feelings. And are you paying attention to your feelings, your employees, feelings, your team's feelings? I'm like, don't even get started about the workplace. The workplace is this, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's just like a whole nother world, but um, yeah, that's, that's actually how the feelings guy came about because it is my, like, it's my focus now, like pay attention to your feelings and other people's feelings, pay attention. It sounds so simple, but I think cause we've broken it down. Like it's not though, is it? I mean, we all have feelings, even if they're negative, <laughs> we all have yeah. feelings, but how many people know they have feelings? Do you, do you know what I mean? How do you find a feeling different from an emotion and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I also think it's important too. So we categorize emotions as good and bad. They're neither. It's just an emotion. And so what I think that we can change in our minds is if there's something that we consider to be a bad emotion, that is actually just our body saying, you need to pay attention to this. Like pay attention to what is going on. So, you know, we said before, excuse me, that it's... um it's like hard to hear your own medicine or hard to take your own advice. Well, your body does it all the time. When your body sends up this, like what we consider to be negative or bad emotion, that is your sign to be like, pay attention to this, but we don't, we numb it. You know, you, you, you get a pint or you, you know, eat some chocolate or, you know, you do whatever instead of actually just like pausing and saying, okay, what's going on? What is going on? But we're not taught any of this. Like in, in school, we're taught the four food groups, we're not taught about how to deal with your emotions. And I actually don't know why. I don't know why. And I, I actually, I, I hope that this, the COVID crisis is going to change that because I think that people are beginning to see that this, this ignoring mental health for so long is becoming problematic. And so I pray that that trickles down into the school system, that one week we learn the four food groups. The next week we learn how to manage your emotions what it's like to identify feelings. They're not good or bad. They're just a feeling. And then how we listen to it is how we work through whatever in ourselves. Yeah, I love that. And I hope for the same as well. I know when it first happened, it was, because um, it's always been like an emphasis, hasn't it? It's sort of like, it's, it's horrible, really. It's what I was saying earlier about the external factors, like the career, the money, the jobs, this is what will define you. 
And I think when we first went to lockdown, I went, actually, right now, we're going to forget about the education side. And it's going to be about self-education, like the mindfulness tools, what tools, tools you need for emotional health, what really matters in life is family connections, safety, health. Yep. And I think that's still really present. It's probably because we still got blooming COVID. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think there has been a shift. But I just hope it stays that way, it even stays. when we come yeah. out the other side, that we still don't do, you know, it's good to have a passion and a career and things like it. Absolutely. But you can't define yourself by a job. I think we've learned from this. You know, so many people lost their jobs. And if you define yourself as your job, you're now without one. Who are you? And it's that search yeah. for self again, isn't it? So I truly yeah. hope that we do go down a, I don't know, more holistic path or realistic path in my world. Yeah, and I, I think that is possible. I think that, I mean, you know, for LinkedIn to be a very business-oriented site, um, I have seen such an increase of people talking about the need. I, I, there was a recent survey, I think, that uh, whoever took the survey of the, you know, the, the data set, like 76% of the people that they interviewed in the workplace said that they believe their employer should have a greater focus on mental health. Like, employers can't ignore that. I mean, they can, but then they're going to go somewhere else. So I I think it's possible. Um, I know I'm going to keep over, over screaming, saying, can we please pay attention to mental health? Um, and I'm not saying that we need to, you know, stop, you know, taking a walk or stop getting on the, the bike. I'm not saying that, but like, can we just, can we just focus on, on our mental health, even like a quarter of that? And that would be a vast improvement. Yeah. And it's really important, isn't it? I mean, we spend so much of our time in work, probably not the last year, let's be honest, it's a bit different, yeah. but we do spend so much time there. So if we're not happy there if our mind's not healthy. That's going to impact hugely on the other time that we are at home. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just and to that point, though, think about how much time you actually spend with yourself. Yeah. Think about that. Like we spend more time with ourselves than any other person out there, if we're going to consider ourselves a person right now. But yet we spend the least time working on ourselves. So, which makes no sense. So if we just if we just go back and say, you know, I mean, I've said this during the pandemic, but I believe it to be true that like, you have to be the most important person. Like even those of us that have kids and, you know, you know, what, whatever. Like when I go to bed at night, the only person that matters at that point is the person staring in the mirror. The only person I'm trying to impress is myself. The only person that I need to make sure is mentally okay right then is myself. Because if I can't show up for myself, then I cannot show up for my toddler or my husband or my clients. And I hope to your point that you know, in April, when like the whole world was in lockdown, I hope that we don't forget that the most important things in our life were right here. Like this, this is it. Like my, I, I never thought that I would spend 24 hours a day for, you know, two months with my husband and my toddler. That was not a thought I would ever have, but I'm grateful for it. And it reminded me that like, that is what's in, and all this stuff that I'm working to do is for them anyway. So let's not forget that. Yeah, I absolutely love first lockdown. And if you'd done it on paper, I'd be like, do not give me that card. I do not want it because my husband didn't have any work for seven months and our whole mortgage is based on his daily rate. So we yeah. didn't have that. We had all the kids at home. Um, some have special needs. I'm not a teacher, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it sounds absolutely hellish, but yeah. I absolutely loved it, Archie. Do you know what I mean? I actually wrote my yeah. second book like 18 months sooner than I thought I would. Never played in a paddling pool so much in my childhood, let alone my adulthood. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. Um, apologies to the neighbours that might have seen me. 
you know, there's just so many good things, just like bedtime yeah. stories, movie afternoons, know. you know, know, just when you're with your child, you forget how much you've neglected your inner child or the simple way to find joy. Mm. And don't get me wrong, it is lovely having an income again, but I love that time, that you know, those lessons, that experience. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And, and I hope that if you're listening to this and you are struggling to find the positives in what we experienced, I really encourage you to look because they're there. They're there. But if we keep focusing on the negative, because there, I mean, I, I mean, I definitely lost friends, very close friends who, you know, we found out they were in the hospital on Thursday and they were gone on Friday, like in the beginning, like that's how quick it was happening. So, I mean, there's, there was lots of not great things. There was lots of really crappy things. I don't know what this podcast is rated. So I'm watching my, my, my voice, my, my words, but like, um, crappy, crappy things. Um, but you know, sorry if the little voice is happening in the background. Um, it, it's, there's so much good and, and sometimes the good, and we were in the same place. I mean, no one was hiring a speaker. So I didn't make a penny uh, from like the middle of March to like June. I mean, that's terrifying if you look at it like you said on paper, but I, I just doubled down. I was like, I'm just gonna help people. I'm just gonna help people, like whatever that looks like, uh, because I knew people were hurting and I knew that I could help, but I also knew that I could focus on my family and you know get up with, with Kate in the morning and spend an hour just like sitting, listening to nursery rhymes and like things that I would move or hurry, 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 hurry. And, and so I, if you're listening, spend some time to think about what the, what the good parts were and focus on those because there, there are some good parts. There are. Yeah. I mean, you said, I know oh, I've never known loss like it. And I've worked in healthcare for like 30 years and there was so much loss and it was, you know, loss of like the normal life and the routine. There was loss of not being able to be of your loved ones, loss of yeah. lives, you know, and I think it's still going like there's loss of security. It's unknown when yeah. we're going to come out of it. There's so much loss around it and it is hard to find the positive, but there is a beauty. I always think there's a real collateral beauty in grief and it is there. And I, you know, it's, I say, you just have to look a little bit harder sometimes, don't we? And sometimes it, it may need someone else. You know, sometimes it may be having a conversation with someone just to say, I listen to this podcast. I'm really struggling to find the good. I'm struggling. Like, I don't think there is any, but if you're talking to someone and you begin to talk it out, you're going to find it. it. It is there. It is there. But it's, um, it is definitely right now that good part is like being surrounded by like a big turd. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's factual. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look for it. But when you do, you do find it, it becomes like little Harry Potter's Quidditch. Like it becomes this little Quidditch. It's like, it's just like, just I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. Um, but yeah. I think why people may be struggling like with their feelings at the moment is because it seems to be going on for so long, doesn't it? Like you think, oh, it's a, one of those flus or even if you've had swine flu in the past and SARS yeah. and, you know, we give it a couple of months, lockdown 12 weeks, be fine. And it's hard to sustain your mental health, your emotional health for such yeah. a long time. Like a yeah. year, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, and we're, thinking, we're coming up on it. Yeah. And I think even the most resilient soul, like my annoyingly positive self, even I'm thinking like, sweet baby Jesus and the baby orphans. Do you know what I mean? Just <laughs> when will it end? So I think if we're still here, that's a positive to start with, isn't it? You've got this far. Yeah. I, I wish I could find this article that I, someone gave to me, I think in like month three or four of sobriety, but I don't, I don't know where it is, but the, the concept of the article is 
have you ever stopped to think about how many things go right for you every day? So like the alarm clock went off, there was, a, there was water to make coffee. Um, I had a blanket on me. Um, you know, I woke up in a bed. I mean, like skewer granular. Like, there's so many things that go right for us every day. But, 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 like, you know, I can't find my keys. So that negates all of the hundred things that have gone right. Before. Like, I turned the the light switch on and the power came on. I mean, there's so many things that go right that we take for granted. And and to your first point, just opening my eyes and being able to get out of like that's the first one. You know, but we don't we don't focus on those because we just take it for granted. And I think that if we would stop doing that, we would see the beauty of what's happening around us and, and be able to, to bask in that, not, not the turds that are floating by. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of Louise Hay. She was the founder of Hay House and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. she used to start the day with gratitude. So before she got out yep. of bed, she'd be grateful at least like 30 to 50 things. So it'd be the fact she's alive so she can open her eyes. The fact that she slept well, she has like warmth. She's got yep. like, you know, things like the shelter of her home. And even if she got up, she'd be like, oh, I have legs, which have touched the ground. I can feel them. And it is, but we just get up and get going, don't we, over the day. And yep. so much happens before we even get to that first cup of coffee you know, that we've woken up, we're in a home, we've had the warmth, we've got the running water and things like that. But I think the positive is always there, even if it is covered in poo, <laughs> in disguise. <laughs> you just have to choose to see it. It's a choice. It's a choice. Um, you know, we, we all make a million choices each day. And so, and some days you may be like, I, 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 I'm not today. Nope, I'm, I'm not today. Okay. Well, so then get back on the horse the next day. And or in the afternoon or start your day over. If the, if the, if the morning has gone to poo, then in the afternoon, just say, okay, nope, nope. We're just going to reset this. We're just going to reset this, see the good and then restart. Yeah. That's like the ownership you said earlier, isn't it? Like yeah. you can say, I'm going to have a duvet day, but don't have, you know, <laughs> or maybe duvet week, but maybe after that probably get some help. But if you have a duvet yeah. day, is that sort of like today it's self-love, self-care. I'm just stopping. And if you yep. need me, I'll be and, under my duvet kind of thing. And that's fine. And that's fine. But but it, it's not fine in society, you know, and um, like, I don't, I'm not sure how it is overseas. Um, but here, here in the States, um, we start giving out perfect attendance certificates to middle schoolers. So if you if you had perfect attendance for the entire third grade, at the end of the year, you get the certificate that you came to school every day, we celebrate this that's bonkers to me now listen if you're out there and you got them i want to affirm you good for you i'm not saying that you are bad that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that the system is designed to celebrate not taking care of yourself that's what that means it is it is an impossibility that a third grader who is still developing mentally actually needs to be present a hundred percent of the time that will not happen with our child we will take mental health days. We go on vacation. We are not doing homework. We are not reading a book report. No, no, no. We are not writing about the vacation. We are taking a break. Like he will, he will see that it is okay to stop. But we wonder why we created this society that doesn't ever stop while we train you in middle school, junior high and high school to do it. So it's, again, it's a learned trait that is our fault. And we can rewind that, but we just have to, we have to look at it in that way. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure at the, at the highest levels, 
we're looking at it like that. No, there is a real sort of emphasis, isn't there, on attendance. And I get it. You know, I get what... Sure. Do I get it? I don't know if I do really, Archie. No, I get it. I mean, like, you know... Maybe, you, maybe you... 100 years ago, but um, <laughs> it's a bit draconian, is it? Because now you're just thinking, but, you know, realistically, you know, people's health at the moment, you know, and mental health, emotional, <laughs> social, you know, all of it. It's just, you don't have to show up every single day. You'd have a sick day at work, wouldn't you? So why can't well, you do it as a child? Do you know I mean, I mean, allegedly you would, but like, you know, there's some there's some crazy statistic that last year, last year in America, I think it's right, 768 million, I think, 768 million PTO days were left on the table. 768 million, because over, I mean, y'all take holiday. We do not take holiday. We're like, okay, I'll, I'll take off. I'll leave it two on Friday and I'll take Monday. And then we just leave all these days because we're like, nope, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. So, I mean, but, but again, if you step back and you look at the big picture, why are we surprised? Like this is what we've been trained to do. We just go, 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 go. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I understand the need for a child to be in school. I get it. Like I, I personally still can't do the multiplication tables. So, you know, um, that's also because I'm dyslexic, but you know, so I'm not the person to teach my child that. So he needs to be in school. But also if he wakes up and he is, you know, clearly sad, that's that's my cue that like, you know what, we're gonna stay home today. We're just gonna stay home. We're just gonna have Papa K time. And that's fine. And no one needs an explanation. Like, K will not be at school today. That's all. That's it. See, I love that, but over here you'd get fined or you'd have a black mark against your name. <laughs> no, I know. Well, here too. Here too. I mean, I've been fine, but like, you're like, well, why is he in school? Because he's not in school today. He's not in school. Like, it's fine. So it, it's, it's, it's a system. We've created it and we can uncreate it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be team Archie. I'm going to get the t-shirt. I'm with you. I am with you. <laughs> I am. I love it. I'm thinking, right. Yeah, but thinking about myself as well, I don't have the best health at the moment and um, I still keep going to work. My mum and my husband are like, can you stop going to work? Because you're not going to, you know, get better if you keep going. But then I know there's staff shortages because not everyone can work because of, you know, lockdown and things like that. But yeah, I'll just write a note of the line caller. I'm just going <laughs> to... <laughs> oh, talking therapies with Archie. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, I do it for my child. I'd say like, you know, he's got anxiety. He's not coming in today. Um, and then with me, I just keep going and going and going. And I've not slept properly since last March. I've got really bad insomnia or brilliant insomnia. I don't know which way to look at it really. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I just keep going and I'm thinking I'll stop when I'm dead, which is probably going to be sooner rather than later at this rate. That's <laughs> <laughs> not funny. That's not funny. It's not funny. No. Yeah, but, I mean, circle back, to, circle back to what we just said though, that like you would do it for your child, yeah. but you spend the most time with yourself and you wouldn't do it for you. Yeah. So it's 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 a mindset shift that we we all have to do. And it 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 and it's and I think people sometimes think that like mind shifts, mindset shifts are like turning on a light. That's not factual. That's not factual. Like I have it today and then tomorrow my brain may go back to being stinking thinking. I'll be like, "Wait a minute. Nope, <laughs> we're not doing this. We're not doing this." You know, so it's it is an ongoing process. Um it is a it is a consistent it is a consistent marathon that only ends when we end. Until then, we're just still going. We're still going. So, 
we have to learn to pace ourselves and also learn to go, you know what, I need a hydration break and that's okay. Yeah, so I've just fallen into the Archie behavior now that I say to people all the time about self-love and it sounds quite macabre, but bear with. <laughs> I always say the relationship we have with ourselves is the most important because it's the only one from our first breath to our last. Yeah. So I always do that because it is, do you know what I mean? Like I've had many relationships, been married now for over a decade. I don't know. My husband's going to be angry now. I don't know. But we're married. <laughs> that's all right. You're and married, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. And um, so obviously he's my important relationship. So my children. But I always say like, you know, it's the relationship we have with ourselves. And then I'm just running myself dry. I've not slept in like 10 months. And I'm just sort <laughs> no. of like, but you know, but here's a social no. media post. Please look after yourself first. And I'm like, oh. I know, I know. And it's, um, but I also, I think there's, I think there's great power in owning that and yeah. saying, you know, yes, I preach this because I know it to be factual. I'm going to pause for a second and take care of myself. Like, I think there's such great power in that. Uh, and that's, and that's actually why I think that I've been as successful. I have been speaking because I just show up so vulnerably. And I think that people aren't used to that. They're like, what is happening? Like, is this guy for real? Um, and, but I love that. I love it when I get like, is this guy for real right now? <laughs> because <laughs> because I, I want them to see what it looks like to show up a hundred percent as your authentic self. Like I'm not trying to be anybody that I am. And then I also say, I'm not taking my own advice. So let me try that. You know, there's great yeah. power in that. Yeah. Watch social media posts coming soon. I will be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly donorship day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we're talking about the authentic self. Are you authentic now? Because I know obviously you're married, you have the child. Is that, are you okay now? Does, you know, you made the positive changes and you now open say, I am gay, I am married. Is that, are you there now? Or you still have things that will come up in certain people or certain situations? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so, um, when I get hired for a program in the deep South, um, uh, if you can hear that, everything is fine. It's just nap time and he's, re he's rebelling. Um, <laughs> uh, and if he comes running in, it is what it is. Um, when I get hired for a program in the deep South, I think to myself, it's this side, sorry. Should I take this picture down? Should I take a picture down of like two boys and a kid? And I don't because this is who I am. And, um, and, and so if you don't want that, then don't hire me. So I don't, I don't talk about being gay. I mean, I, I reference it. I say like my husband or my child, you know, whatever. Um, but it, if, if that's not going to work for you, then hire somebody else because I'm not going to stop being who I am. But that doesn't mean that a learned behavior that I practiced for over 20 something years doesn't try to resurface that this is like that mindset light, light switch thing. It tries to resurface and I'm like, nope, nope, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Like, this is who I am. Um, now, it, you know, it is, um, it, it, that doesn't mean that when we're in public sometimes, especially in the current climate over here in the States, that when we get looks, it doesn't make me a little nervous because I don't want something physically to happen to us. Um, which I didn't, I thought we had moved past that. And apparently we're reverting a little bit in society in some places. Um, but yeah, I, I do my dangest to show up who I, how I am all the time. 
I love that. I mean, I never understand why people are homophobic. I, I just don't get it to me. I'm quite a simple soul. Maybe that's the answer, Archie. But I just think like love is love. Do you love know what I mean? Love, and, yeah. yeah. And relationships, you know, can be challenging, can be hard. So it doesn't matter what you fall in love with. Do you know what I mean? Like if you fall in love with yourself, someone of the same gender, someone of no gender, you know, or even just being like a, a dog mum, whatever you want to do. I just think it comes back to feelings, I guess, doesn't it? Like, you know, as long as yeah. you're feeling love, you give love, you feel love. And, you know, just leave everyone else alone, really. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I've stopped, um, I've stopped trying to understand. Uh, and I give people grace for a bit. And then when, when it's just, these are people that I'm connected to that are just like, just dug in, like, this is your choice. This is your lifestyle. I'm like, I, I, I don't have time for this. Like, I don't have time. I've tried, I've tried to show up. I've tried to show you who we are in our love. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. Bye. Like, I just, you know, I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time. I think that's a really good way to be though. And, you know, not even about sexuality. I think as you were saying earlier, you know, if people don't want to hire you, you know, if people don't want to be your friend, whatever. You just think I'm fine with that because I just believe everything, you know, season, reason, lifetime, you know, I'm really outspoken. And I'm just thinking, you know, some people just think, oh my God. <laughs> But I'm nearly 50, well, 47, don't want to wish my life away. I just think, <laughs> but I just think like, God, it's taken me a good like 30 years, to, you know, to like myself. I'm not going to people please you. No. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, it is exhausting. You know, during, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but the election was very contentious here in America. And, you know, for, I decided to, to be public on social media for who I was voting for. And I had some people say to me, you shouldn't do that because people may not hire you. And so I thought about it for a second and I was like, well, then don't hire me. Like, don't <laughs> hire me. Like, go hire somebody else. If you're not going to hire me because who I'm voting for in a presidential election, then I'm not the person for you. You need to go get somebody else. <laughs> and and I think that I think that when we now 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 as I'm saying that, that could also cost us money to be able to pay the mortgage, which for a while there we couldn't do. So it's it's not a it's not a flippant decision to show up how you are but i also believe that if you are being your authentic self then the the humans in the world that want to work with people like you will gravitate towards you um and that's and i and i that has happened for me so i i believe that i am making the right choice yeah and i agree with that i mean for many years like the shelly f knight brand was me saying what i thought people wanted me to say <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't got a very good memory, Archie. So I was thinking, like, is that what I said I was going to be? And you just think, do you know what? Just strip it back to the truth because there's only one way to tell the truth, isn't there? Mm -hmm. And that's who I am now. So I'll, I'll go along and I'll talk about grief, but I do laugh about grief sometimes. You know, and I'll talk about, you know, death, positive changes. And I've had some horrific positive changes in my life. Do you know what I mean? Like my whole book came about because <laughs> I don't know how to put it. I'm really crap at staying pregnant. I just, I've had so many miscarriages in my life, but you have to, as you say, again, find the positive in it, the lesson in it and things like that. And it comes back to just being your authentic self because you've got to be mm -hmm. with yourself apart mm -hmm. from on the work day when I'm still going, but that's another matter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was powerful. But see, this, this is the thing too, that I think sometimes, sometimes I, I feel like I'm sort of tricking people into talking about their feelings. And what I mean by that is people are like, well, how do you get like the most stereotypical like dudes dude in like Mississippi to talk about their feelings? Well, 
here's what I believe to be true. I believe that innately, we all actually do care about other people. We all actually do want other people to succeed. Like I, I believe that that is an innate thing that, that we have. And so sometimes I kind of trick them and I'm like, well, if you're not gonna do it for yourself, do it for somebody else. So if you choose to show up like you being able to say that because that, because you work through it, doesn't mean that feelings of sadness don't come up at times. That's, that's not how the body works. But because you've gotten to a place where you could talk about it, you are helping other people. And so I say to these guys, even if you don't want to talk about feelings for yourself, do it for your son, do it for your nephew, do it for the neighbor next door. Talk about how you feel so that you're giving the next generation permission to actually feel. Suicide rates are, they were already on the rise already, already. Like why would we ever think that little Timmy would ever talk about his feelings if he doesn't see the men in his life doing it? Why would we ever think that? Where is he going to get it from? So if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for little Timmy, do it for Johnny, do it for Bobby, do it for other people. And so, and if, if that's what gets him to do it, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I think that's really effective. It's almost like wearing a mask. It's probably got a healing process in it somewhere. It does, it does. I mean, wearing a mask as in not showing your true self, yeah, not yeah, a COVID yeah. mask before we get all sort of like, should you, shouldn't you? <laughs> but I mean, like if you wear a mask of your identity rather than your infection rate, um, <laughs> just to clarify. Yeah, I got you. So, yeah, so you can't do it for yourself. But I think if you put it on a child or your mother or something like that, then they, that starts a healing process, doesn't it? It does. It does. You, you know, that in, in recovery, they say, fake it till you make it. So you're just kind of like, it's the same thing. If, if I, if I'm making a choice that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about my feelings so that my son hears me. And so that, because I know that my son is hurting and now I want my son to talk about his feelings, but he's never heard me do it. So if I make that choice, I'm still talking about my feelings. Like I'm still doing it. So you, you're, you're accidentally helping yourself and you're accidentally normalizing you do it. And so then it becomes a habit. And so then one day you find yourself in public at the hardware store and someone says, what's up, Bob, how you doing? You know what, I'm, I'm pretty happy today. And they're like, <laughs> and you realized that the world didn't stop spinning and everything is fine. So yeah, it, it, you're exactly right. Even if, even if it's accidental, do it, <laughs> do it. <laughs> I love it. So you've gone through so much because I know we started the show with laughter. We've had a lot of <laughs> laughter. But from like struggling with your identity and your sexuality, yeah. well, not you struggling, everyone else really, isn't it? If we we're honest. <laughs> sure, yeah. You were fine with it. <laughs> but, you know, you went from like drug addiction to where you are now, the feelings guy. Is that like the key message? Like if we always stay in tune with our feelings, that awareness, then we can keep moving forward in life. Yeah. So the, yes, I believe that. And my, um, like the, the tagline of my company is, um, well now I can't remember. Um, but, um, <laughs> Oh, I, I get it now. It's to, to reframe the perception around addiction and mental illness by focusing on feelings, by having honest conversations. And I think that if you, um, if you do focus on the way that you feel, um, and maybe just try it for a day and you're like, what is this guy talking about? Like maybe just for a day when things come up, you're like, huh, I never paid attention to that before. I wonder what that is. And then like, huh, I didn't know that was there. Like if you actually pay it, there's a lot going on that we're not, we've just, we've just, you know, move, 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 move. Um, 
and, and so what, what I learned for Archie is that when um, I actually had someone the other day was like, please stop talking about yourself in the third person. And I was like, no, um, for, for Archie says no, <laughs> I mean, like, well, I should have said that. Oh, that's good. Um, for Archie, I noticed that when I started noticing the feelings in me, that's when I would notice them in you that, that, that then I would be like, Hmm, something's a little off here. I'd be like, Shelly, do you need to talk? Are we, are we doing okay? Like, you know, it, it gave me greater empathy, which I really think the world cues a lot more of right now. Um, so again, if you don't want to do it for yourself, <laughs> do it for other people. <laughs> and it is easier sometimes, isn't it? It actually is. Yeah. Because we've already, we've already proven like there's the data shows here in our conversation that we will easily do something for our child or our husband, but we won't do it for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Archie, I've absolutely loved this. You just made me like laugh, take notes about phoning in sick. Uh, <laughs> I thank you. My boss won't, but I do. Thank That's you. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Tell give me a call. It's fine. <laughs> I say, Shelley said that I needed to phone in today. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show today. Of course, I had a, I had a great time. And I, I hope that I hope that people are listening. I hope that they um, maybe just take one action step, just one action step to um, both help to help themselves. One action step to help themselves. That's my hope. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from ShellyFKnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at ShellyFKnight, life goes on. As always, I've been Shelly F. Knight and you've been amazing. <laughs>